Thank you, Lord, so much for this time. And, Father, we pray that you'd help us at this time to focus now on the, the study. We pray, Father, that we not make excuses. We pray, Father, that your will be done. And there's many things that may distract us and uh, cause us to allow our minds to wander. Father, we feel that this is your will. We pray that you would bless the service in a great way. Pray that hearts would be convicted. Uh, I pray that uh, the lost would be saved and the saved would grow in the Lord and become everything you want them to be. And Father, we realize that without you we can do nothing and we cast all our care upon you and trust you implicitly at this time. And Father, do a great work in our midst. We pray for the presence of the Spirit of God in our church, uh, that he would descend upon the service. And Father, you give us a great, great service. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now notice First John chapter 5, and we pick up here in verse 10. And the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself, and that's the Holy Spirit, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believed not the record that God gave his Son. And this is the record that God gave, hath given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Thank you. you may be seated. This is a rich portion of Scripture uh, and uh, concern the eternal life, salvation, knowing uh, that one is forgiven and guaranteed heaven. So let's do a little review here. Notice verse 10. And God tells us, uh, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Now, beloved, there's a lot of things you can do in life, a lot of things you can say, a lot of things you believe. But when it comes down to God and his word, you don't want to be accused of making God a liar. <laughs> That's for sure. And what God says is true. And I'm, I'm talking, I'm going to be very plain today. I'm not going to try to flower this up with, you know, uh, uh, nice bouquets and so on. I'm just going to preach the plain truth. So the thing is this, if you don't believe the record that God gave his son, that Jesus died for your sins according to scripture, was buried and rose the third day, you're saying that God, you're a liar. You say, oh, oh preacher, I'd love to be saved, but I just don't believe you're calling God a liar. If you say that, you know, oh, I preach, I, I want to believe, but I just can't, you're calling God a liar. Because God wouldn't deal with your heart, wouldn't convict you, wouldn't draw you, to a saving knowledge of Christ, and then say, uh, you know, oh, the thing is, people are bad testimony. Oh, this one, you know, little live for Christ. He says he's saved. Doesn't matter what God's word says. That's all that matters. What does the Bible say? Amen. We got to believe what the Bible says. So you don't want to be accused of calling God a liar. You say, well, I, I, I don't know, preacher. I, I don't know. If people know this and how I feel about this. Hey, one day you're gonna stand before God. That's the bottom line. I'm going to stand before God, you're going to stand before God. I'll stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll be answering, not for our sins, we're going to answer for our faithfulness to God's word. And then those who are, are lost, you're going to stand before God one day and give an account for your lives. And you can you know, say all you want, make all the excuses you want, you're going to give an account. 
And God gonna, has, has a record exactly the way he's going to state it and, and bring it before uh, you. And you're going to have to give an account for your life and answer for your sin. So God tells us here there's no excuses. You're not going to call God a liar. Amen? Now, God goes on and says, and consider with me uh, all that God does in seeking the lost to be saved. I mean, think about in the, the Gospel of John. This is uh, John wrote also the Gospel of John. He said in John three sixteen that God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Jeremiah, the Bible says, uh, you know, uh, God uh, tells us the same thing, that, you know, God is willing to give us eternal life. In, um, in chapter 8 of Romans, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Notice back here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And the Bible says, Behold what man of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth not, because it knew him not. Now there are a lot of people, as I said in Sunday school, who say, they say, oh, you know, I, I know God. But the thing is, does God know you? In other words, you know, man can fabricate his belief in God. He can say he believes. But the bottom line of this, this is so important, beloved, I, I don't know how else to convey this. It's so important that your life lines up with the Word of God. If not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say. And that's why we have to be born again, born from above. We have to be converted. We have to uh, receive the Holy Spirit in our lives to make this change, a heart change in our life. If without it, there's, there's no hope. It's, it's going to be the law. It's going to be legalism. It's going to be you know, trying to get to heaven on your works and your ability. And that's not how you get to heaven. The Bible tells us we've got to be born again. We've got to be converted to Christ to get to heaven, to have our sins blotted out. And so we find in Romans chapter 5, God manifests his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While men were breaking God's law and, and living uh, uh, their way in rebellion against God, uh, living independently of God. You see, that's a, that's a great sin against God, against your creator, against the one who called you into existence. The, the, the very one who, who called you into life and you live without him, you live independently from him, that's, that's insane. Why would you do that? I couldn't, live without, I couldn't live without the Lord. I could not live without Jesus Christ. I, I love him and I'm so thankful for him. And the Bible says, but God manifests his love toward us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so people live apart from God, live by making up their rules, their ways, in which uh, one uh, thanks God and would accept, be accepted and, you know, they have all these ideas that, you know, God accept this, God will, uh, believes this, and God wants me to do this. But they don't base it on the Bible. This is the reason why there's so many world religions uh, you know, that, that acclaim Islam and, and uh, Buddhism and, and uh, Shintoism and uh, uh, all the other isms in the world. God says here in, in John 3.16... He gave his only begotten son. That's the crux of the whole Bible. God gave his son for what? For you, for me, to be saved, to know him. 
which is to know life. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. Let's turn there, please. 1 Corinthians 15, again, the, the Bible tells us what the gospel is. In 1 Corinthians 15, we pick it up here in verse uh, 1. The Bible says, uh, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received, and wherein you stand. Let me just say this. A lot of people don't know what the gospel is. I would venture to say if we could go around the room today and state there'd be some people here, they really don't know what the gospel is. But here, God tells what it is. He said in verse 2, By which also you saved, if you keep in memory what I preached in you, unless you believed in vain. And here it is, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And notice God emphasizes here that Jesus died for our sins, what? According to the Scriptures. And that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. See, what does the Bible teach? That's all that matters. He said, well, religion teaches. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what religion teaches. It's all man-made. It's not true. It's not based on the Word of God. But if it's based on the Word of God, it's truth. And the Bible tells us here that Jesus died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So we have to, we have to do what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible says unto him that loved us and washed us in his, uh, from our own sins in his own blood. So the Lord provided a way for all men to be saved. Notice if you would back here in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2, please. John, 1 John 2 verse 2. He's the propitiation for our sins. He's the payment for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The whole world, every sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now it's up to us to receive that. How? By faith. By faith. And if you really exercise faith, your life will be changed. You'll be converted. And that's, that's so important that you understand that and receive that. So God seeks the sinner. We see that in man's condition Romans chapter 3, the Bible says, There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. And then God uh, not only seeks, man, uh, uh, seeks uh, man's in his condition, uh, but man cannot work his way to heaven. And we see what God says, verse 19 and 20 of the law. That the law was there for what? To bring us guilt. That's the reason God gave us the law, to bring us guilt. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is good, the Bible says. But it's not going to get you to heaven because no man can keep it. No man can earn it. No man can allow uh, the the word of God to have an effect in his life by just keeping the law. It can't be done. The law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And so we see uh, that God's word is very plain on this. So notice Ephesians chapter 2. Let's turn there, please. Ephesians chapter 2. Again, a simple verse of Scripture, but such an important verse. Notice chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. 
Now, notice it doesn't say you've got to get baptized, you've got to join the church, you've got to uh, get confirmed, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to battle Mecca. None of these things. For by grace you are saved. How? Through faith. And that not of yourselves. You can't save yourself. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't merit heaven. It's a gift of God. And what do you do with the gift? You either receive it or you reject it. And not by works, lest any man should boast. So the Bible teaches that salvation <coughs> by grace through faith. Grace is God's unmerited favor towards man. And so we see it in, in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. Again, uh, the Bible says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, you know, the Bible teaches that the broad road to hell is filled from Satanists to religious leaders, religious people, trying to earn heaven, but they're on the broad road to hell. And they just, you know, one time a man gave an illustration about Satan is like a band leader, and he's leading marching uh, as a band leader would, and people are following him, following him on, on the road to hell, people who are out-and-out Satanists, people who are a religious people, you're yearning to, to, to live for God, but, but not following the Scripture, not obeying the Word of God. And Satan's the, the drum major there, just you know, leading the people on the road to hell, the broad road to hell. But Jesus said, you've got to repent, you've got to turn from your false belief to God. So God says in First uh, Thessalonians 1.9, how you turn to God from what? Your idols, your false beliefs, your sin, your iniquity, whatever it is that's keeping you from Christ, you've got to turn to God from that. To what? To serve the living true God. That's the whole reason for you to come to Christ, to serve, to serve the Lord, to serve your Creator. The one who called you into existence. Now Jude said, in uh, the, the small epistle of Jude, he tells us to contend for the faith. We're to defend it. The Apostle John, along with uh, other Christians, battle against the Gnostics or Gnosticism. And that's a belief that John wrote about in First John. That's the reason for the letter of First John. He was writing against what was known as Gnostics. And uh, they claimed to have a special knowledge. They claimed to have such insight into the things of God. And they could not be saved without this knowledge. Now the Gnostics believed and could, that they could be saved and yet live any way they want to. They could believe that the body would uh, commit sins and that the spirit and soul was separated from them. Well, that's true. That's what happens. The, the Bible, Bible teaches that the body is what sins. But they were saying that their belief system was so against God's word that they could live in all sorts of sins and just say, well, it's my body, it's not my soul and spirit. You follow? It's narcissism. It's a, it's a belief that is against the word of God. And notice, if you would... 1 John chapter 3, and notice verse 8. The Bible says, um, verse 7, Little children, no man deceive you. 
He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. So God is speaking here about don't be deceived. And why would we be deceived? Well, people who are saved, people who are converted, people who are called righteous are going to live righteously even as he is righteous, as the Lord's righteous. Amen? So there's, there's a pattern of doing God's will for our life. And to say that you're saved and you're not doing God's will, you're not in God's will, is not sound uh, teaching from the word of God. So it goes on and says, verse 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil. So the word committeth means to practice sin. He that practices sin is of the devil. This devil sinneth from the beginning. And uh, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. Now watch this, that he might destroy... The works of the devil. Well, before I was saved, beloved, I grew up living for sin. That was my 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 goal in life. I mean, I didn't uh, maybe have it uh, acknowledge it, but I mean that that was my mo in life. You know, you didn't have to teach me to sin. I knew how to sin. I wanted sin, and uh, again, I was considered a good guy. I was a good neighbor. I was a good guy in high school. You know, I got a certain award for being a good guy and so on. But the thing was this. You didn't have to, uh, you know, maybe coerce me to sin. I wanted to sin. Well, I was in the flesh. So I wasn't that way, preacher. Well, good for you. I was. And uh, if I could sin, I would. So the Bible teaches that when Jesus saves us, notice he says here, he came to what? That he might destroy the works of the devil. You know, Paul speaks about this in uh, Romans chapter uh, 6 and 7. You know, he speaks about what, what God does in saving the soul, changing our lives. And so the Bible teaches here that we're saved, that the salvation will be manifest in our lives of a change, of a conversion, of, a, of something supernatural. I'm not supernatural, but God's work is. Amen? And they believe that the body could sin, commit sin and that the spirit and soul was separated from it. So this is what the Nazis uh, believe and they promoted. They believe that uh, a believer could commit unholy acts and yet their soul and spirit still be saved. Now, the Bible tells in Romans chapter 12, pre present your body, what? A living sacrifice. Isn't that what the Bible says? That's, that's what we would say people do. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, watch this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul said here, this is what the scriptures say, that the spirit, the soul, and the body are going to be preserved blameless. See, we're not to be living a dual life. You know, in church, uh, act like, you know, saved, scripturally uh, living people, and then uh, Monday through Saturday living for the world. The Bible didn't teach that. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, any man, he's a new creature. 
All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So this is what the Bible teaches. Now, why is that? Well, let's do a little Bible study. The Bible teaches us here in 1 John 5 and verse 13. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So th- this is the record. The record is that you're going to know you've passed from death into life. The Bible teaches that throughout the Word of God. And then notice, if you would, First uh, John 4 and verse 13 and the Bible teaches here, hereby no way that we dwell in him and he in us. Why? Because he's given us of his, of his spirit. See, the Holy Spirit of God makes a difference. Now, it's funny about Baptists. Baptists don't make a whole lot about the Spirit of God because of the position of the Spirit of God in the Bible. The Spirit of God's here to promote Christ, not himself. And yet the Spirit of God is very important to us because he makes the difference. Again, where the Bible says that uh, hereby no way that we dwell in him, Jesus, and Jesus dwells in us. How? How do we know? By the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. Notice chapter 3 and verse 24. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he that uh, and he in him, and hereby no way, uh, excuse me, and and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. So again, the, the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. Notice chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. And again, the Bible says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now watch this verse 4. He that saith. Now John dealt with. This in First John, chapter 1, uh, we'll get to in just a moment. But again, it's not what you say, it's what you do. Uh, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. Now, someone interpret that for me. Marcus, you know the Bible. What does it mean? He's a liar. <laughs> it's not, there's something in the Bible just plain, amen? And this is what God's Word tells us. You know, you can say all you want. Oh, I'm saying, I'm a child of God. And you live for the devil, you're a liar. Say people live for God. And not a religion, but they live for the Lord. They know Him. They walk with Him. They, they obey Him. And God's Word tells us here in um, verse 4, He's a liar and the truth is not in Him. Doesn't matter how many verses you can quote, friend. It's whether you live it or not. That's the key. And the Bible tells us the Spirit of God will enable us to help us to obey His Word. Now notice 1 John, if you would, chapter 1. And John picks it up here in verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. See, the Bible's consistent. The Bible's very consistent. We lie, and we do not the truth. So if you're going to say you have fellowship with Christ that you know the Lord, that you pray, you've had experiences and so on, and you walk in darkness, you're a liar. You're not telling the truth. And why is that good? It's good because, thank the Lord, God tells us these things so we can discern between good and evil. Verse 7, But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, 
We deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. So here's the second thing. In verse 8, if we say, if we say that we have no sin, we say we're sinless, we're deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess uh, our, our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So a saved person is going to walk and they're going to confess. That's what a saved person does. They're going to walk in the light as he is in the light and they're going to f- confess their sins one to another. They're not going to say, they're going to do. They're going to walk and, and they're going to uh, confess. In verse 10, but if we, if we say we have uh, uh, not sin, we make him a liar. And the truth is not us. So God's word is very plain about this, beloved. And you say, well, preacher, I don't know if I'm saying that. I don't like, I wrestle back and forth. I wrestle back and forth. Hey, it's pretty simple. You either is or you ain't. Amen? That's, that's the bottom line. Either you're a child of God or you're a child of the devil. Now, the child of the devil will have a lot of religion. That's important to understand. They're not atheists in one sense. They're religious. All sorts of religions. But that's not what a child of God is. He didn't have religion. He has a relationship. A relationship with Christ. And a relationship that's based on the word of God. Amen. Now the book of John, 1 John, is an epistle for the purpose of someone examining themselves whether they're saved or not. So let's go back to 1 John chapter 1. And the first thing we have to ask ourselves, are you saved? (laughs) Are you converted? 1 John chapter 5 verse 13, these things are written. So God wrote these words down, these these words to to help us. Uh, And the first question you have to ask, do I know that I'm, I'm a child of God? And God says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that's the first question we want to ask. Do you know you have eternal life? I didn't ask if you believe it. I didn't ask if you hope. Do you know? Now, if I asked you about a, a question, maybe something in your life, and you, I said, hey, is, do you know if so-and-so is going to come next week? I don't know. I hope they are. Okay, that's different. You don't know, but you're hoping they come. You don't know. But that's, that's different than saying what the Bible says here, that you can know that you have eternal life. It's not, not something you're hoping for. It's not something you believe. It's knowing. And that makes all the world a difference. You can know. And why is that? Because God wants you to know. He's, he said in John chapter 10, verse uh, 28, I give unto them eternal life. You're going to know I, I have eternal life. Paul said, I know. I know. Now, why did Paul say that? Because he had. He said, I know whom I believed in. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. Paul was so persuaded, he, he was, took beatings. He took uh, the whip. He took stocks. He took uh, all these different things that he was punished for knowing that he was a child of God. He said, I know. He's persuaded. Now, Paul was persuaded before he was saved. When he was religious, 
he knew, he believed with all his heart that people who were called Christians were, were uh, against God. He was persuaded. But now he's persuaded to know that uh, he's a child of God. He knew he was saved. And he was uh, surrendered to do God's will. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, first of all, do we understand our sinfulness? We're separated from God. Man without Christ is on the road to the lake of fire. It's just when he's going to get there. That, that's the question. It, it may be you died today. I mean, Rebecca, you almost died today. She could have died. Laura, you were in an accident just a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago, headed for a, a, a pole. She thought she was going to die. This is not, this, listen to me, beloved. I'm not picking on you two girls. I'm just saying that in general, this is God dealing with us concerning our souls. This is God speaking to us, showing that we're not invincible, that we're, we're accountable. And, you know, life can change like that. Like that. And it should sober us up. If you're not saved, you should, you should sober up and realize that you're lost, you're separated from God, and you need to be saved. That's for all of us. We're not to, we're not to be so, uh, and I'm not saying you girls are, but you're not to be so flippant. We, you know, a life can change in just a moment. It happened to me many times. And uh, it can happen to you. And then there's a Savior. Jesus died on the cross for what? Our sins. He was buried and rose again the third day. That's the gospel. That's the good news. The good news that we can escape from this judgment of eternal life, eternal damnation in, in the lake of fire. <clears throat> then there's the sorrow. We've got to have godly sorrow, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's a submission to God's righteousness. God's right and I'm wrong. And that's all you need to understand. Now, the second thing we have to ask is do you keep God's commandments? Now, notice second, uh, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and pick them here in verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not him. And whosoever keepeth his word uh, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Thereby uh, know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him. Him, uh, uh, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. So again, the, the Bible teaches uh, about keeping God's word. Now, you're not keeping God's word to get to heaven. You're keeping God's word because you belong to him. You're a child of God. That's not how you belong to him, by keeping his commandments. You're born again by the Spirit of God. But you, because you're born again, you want to keep his word. Now notice chapter 4 and verse 6, please. The Bible says in verse 6, We have God, uh, and he that knoweth God heareth us, and, and is not uh, of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So the, the thing is this, if, if you're a child of God, you're going to follow truth. You're not going to follow fables. You're not going to follow make-believe stories. You're going to follow the truth. What is the truth? Whatever it is, the Bible says it's going to set you free. It's going to make you free. Notice chapter 5, verse 3, please. 
chapter 5, verse 3. And this is the love of God that we uh, keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So people say, oh, it's so hard to keep God's commandments. It's not hard. Once you're saved, you're free. And you're free to follow. You're free, you have liberty to follow God's word. Before then, it's hard. It's hard to live by the word of God. It's hard to keep God's word. It's hard to, to do God's will. But once you get saved, you, you're set free. So God tells us here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. Let's look here. 1 John 1, verse 4. And God's word says, uh, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. So again, there's a fullness of joy because you're obedient to God. You're, you're trusting God. And again, this is not something we fabricate. This is what the Word of God says. And this is what we want to do. The third thing we want to look at today is, do you have the Holy Spirit as your companion? Now notice First John chapter 3 and verse 24. First John 3 verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. And he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he giveth us. So God tells us we have the Spirit in our lives. Notice we would chapter 4 and verse 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of a Spirit. Uh, notice Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8. And uh, notice, if you would, verse 9. Watch this. Again, God says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I can almost remember the first time I read that verse. I said, man, alive. What a sobering verse. I mean, God doesn't mince his words. He says, you you." He says right here, if you uh, have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. So that's the thing we have to ask ourselves. Do we have the Holy Spirit? Do we have the Holy Spirit? Does our life line up with the Bible? Notice if you would, 1 John, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Now, you may say, well, you know, preacher, I'd be denying myself uh, from the Lord if I said I don't have the Spirit of God. But that's not what you need to do. You ever get a, a medicine from a doctor or something, you take these two, you know, one, 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 one in the morning, one at night, or whatever the thing it tells you? You know, there's a reason for that. So I just think I need more. So I'm going to say five pills a day. Well, the the the... the the instructions are two pills a day, one in the morning, one at night. Why? Probably keep the, the, the medicine in your body for the period of time. But you decide five. Yeah, you're going to get yourself in trouble with that. Not trouble with the doctor, trouble in life. You can, you're going to hurt yourself. The reason you have uh, you know, the uh, instructions is how to take it, how to take, take the medicine. Well, here's God's medicine for the soul. And this is what God says. It doesn't matter how you feel, what you think, what you experience, what you know. It matters what you know. 
And, you know, please, please listen to this, beloved. For all of us, it's, it matters what you know. What, what does the Bible say? It's all that matters. What does the Word of God say? It's all that matters. It doesn't matter, you know, what I thought. You know, I remember years ago being in a Roman Catholic church. I was maybe 12, no, I was um, 15, 16 years old. And I remember I thought so highly of myself because on Christmas Eve, we're in the midnight mass. And I put $5 in the offering. I was just so proud of myself. and What a joke. But see, I deceived myself. I think it was a good thing. I had no understanding what the scripture said about giving. But boy, I went around, I was just thinking how good I was. And, you know, God must be so pleased with me and so on. Well, came to find out he wasn't. And then notice that the third thing is you have biblical compassion. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And notice verse 9 through 11. This, the Bible says here, and watch this. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even to now. He that loveth his brother abideth in light, and this is a, a, there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because... That darkness had blinded his eyes. Now, let me just get down to where you and I live. I, I've never seen people, in all the years I've counseled, come up with answers for these verses. They'll say, I don't hate them. Okay. In other words, they dislike them intensely. They don't hate them. You know, you... You're lying to yourself. Amen? That's what it would come down to. You're lying to yourself. If you could, if you could reveal your heart, good thing you're not, because this, this is a, a mixed audience, and we wouldn't want your heart revealed to us. Any's heart. If you could see your heart, beloved, you know, you have hatred. If you're lost, you have hatred towards your fellow man. Somewhere along the line. Maybe family, maybe uh, friends, maybe people who let you down. Maybe Whatever it is, you have issues. And so the Bible tells us that if, if you've done this, you know, it's not, it's not biblical love that you have or biblical compassion. Notice chapter 3, and 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. Chapter 3 and verse 14. We know that we pass from death in our life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life in, uh, abiding in him. So this is what God is saying here. Now, he's not just speaking about brethren. He's speaking here about people. Could be, you know, uh, family, could be friends, could be whatever the thing is. You're going to have love in your heart. For, for the, the, uh, the other person. And again, the Bible says, verse 15, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. 
And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceiving the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and shut up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, watch this now, let us not love in word, need in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So God tells us here about this biblical love. Now he goes on in verse uh, 19. Verse 19, please. And the Bible says, And hereby we know that we are in the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Verse 21, Beloved, if a, a heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. Notice chapter 4, verse 20, please. Chapter 4, verse 20. And the Bible says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, is a liar. He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he has seen, how, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment that we have from him, that uh, he who loveth God, loveth his brother also. So again, we see here the importance of biblical love. And uh, you say, well, preacher, I, I don't have that. I wish I did. Well, let me tell you something. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. As a result of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you have love for other people. Love for those who are unlovable. Love for your, your brother and sister in Christ. Love for the lost. This is what the Bible teaches. And then fifth of all, uh, the question we have to ask, are you becoming like Christ? So uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, and notice, if you would, uh, let me quote this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. In 1 John 3 and verse 4, and the Bible says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for the sin is the transgression of the law. And, and you know that he was manifest to take our our, our, our sins, and in him is no sin. Whoso abideth in him, a sinneth not. Ne, uh, whoso is sinneth, hath not seen him, neither know, known him. Notice he would chapter 2, verse 6. First John chapter 2, verse 6. And he that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Notice First John chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says here in verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not us. So the, the saved, uh, as the Bible says verse 9, they're going to confess. They're going to walk in the light, she's in the light, and they're going to confess their sin. Fourth of all, are you committed to Christ? And notice 1 John chapter 5, please. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whoso believeth in, in Jesus is a Christ. Whoso believeth that Jesus is a Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that begotten of him. So God tells us, uh, again, believeth, it means to believe it is, or belong. Uh, that's the present tense. So the Bible says in uh, Acts 16, verse, uh, whatever the verse is, he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. What does it mean? You've got to believe. You've got to trust. You've got to, you've got to believe. You've got to, you're believing in. And this present tense, it's you, you, you believe, you're believing. 
So take, if you would, First John chapter 5, verse 13. These things I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That word believe means to, you're still believing. There's no such thing as you used to believe. If, if that was the case, that I used to believe in God, I used to believe in Jesus Christ, then you never believed him. It was a fabrication of your mind, your heart. But the Bible teaches here uh, in verse 13, uh, these things have written on you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. The reason you believe is you're believing. You're still believing. You always believe. Why? Because salvation is not a commitment uh, of the moment. It's It's eternal. When you believe in Lord Jesus Christ, you pass from death unto life. Now notice if you would verse 9. The Bible says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the, on the Son of God hath witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. And this is the record. Uh, that God gave, uh, given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So again, again, we have life. Why? Because we have faith. We have trusted. Now, you see, preach. I didn't know some of these things and so on before I came to church and so on. That's fine. That's fine. But now that you know it, what are you going to do? So God offers us eternal life. He said, he that hath the Son hath what? Hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So that's the the statement God gives you. You either have life or you don't have life. He said, well, what people think of me? I mean, I've gone around. I've been religious. I've, you know, quoted the scriptures and so on. Hey, you know what? Save people, they're going to rejoice with you. That's what saved people do. They can rejoice. The lost, I mean, who knows what they're going to do? Who cares? But as far as God's people go, we're going to rejoice. Amen. So is relying on the person, Lord Jesus Christ, the finished work, and the receiving of the gift of eternal life uh, because of Jesus, that's the key. The key is that you know. That you know. So here's the question. Did you pass the test? Did you pass the test? So some of the things that, no, no, no. Either you passed it or you didn't. Either saved or you're not. Either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. God doesn't leave you any choice. Either you're a child of God or you're a child of the devil. The question is, are you saved? It's a good, good question to ask. Amen. Let's stand on our feet, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and no one looking around. Father.